In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents. Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? Get your vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sub Podcast. Hello. (laughs) I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast, where C SPAN meets the group chats, help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. I am here in studio with Miss Morales Grow. In. Studio, studio, if you can believe it. I don't know where to look. <laughs> I, I know. Well, Brian is is before us uh, on a screen, and we're in studio. This is the new. This is the new normal. This we kept new- talking about what it would be, and this is it. <laughs> yeah, normal podcast recording is from your laptop in your bedroom, I believe, and then this is the new normal, yeah. where some people are on a laptop in their bedroom, and some people are in the gorgeous new Betches studio. It's pretty gorgeous. It's yeah, pretty special. I- I have to say, as the third party observer, um, Como? The, the, the studio, yes, a little. Um, the studio does look really nice on cam. Um, it's it's very exciting. It is, and we look great on the camera as well. There was yes. there was a point. <laughs> That's true, and and it's also very important to note uh, for everyone, you know, Listen. for the audio yeah. uh, that Amanda and I look amazing. Brian looks amazing. Jorge looks amazing. <laughs> everyone, everyone looks amazing. Think of eyeliner on. I did. Put, I said I was like, I'm going to the office for the first time. I got to show up, and then I was on my way here, and I was like, getting off at the. The Betches stop, which is what I call the stop <laughs> that this office is near. And it was snowing and people were hustling, bustling. And I was like, oh, yeah. is it? Is this 2019? Yeah. And then it was a real, a real girl boss moment when Elise asked which suite we were on in the fourth floor. But listeners, we have the whole fourth floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Amanda was like, just hit four. I need to be there. <laughs> I hope this was all some entertaining scene setting. Mm-hmm. We're excited to be all together. We'll definitely do some um, full, full cast recordings in here. <laughs> the original cast recording. <laughs> as, well, as well. But Brian, I want to catch up with you. You have been away. You've been in Spain. When did you get back? Last night. How was the travel? It was so in order to get into the United States, you have to be vaccinated (laughs) anyways. I mean, not vaccinated. You have to have a test. You have to have a a test within 72 hours. So that's a bit of like a nice like, okay. but you could tell that, you know, because last time I was in Spain was in July. um, And that was right when everyone started talking about Delta. And then now everyone's here. I was like, motherfucker, can I just like (laughs) relax for two seconds? Also. Fun fact, I didn't realize this until the night before when I tried to check into my flight. I accidentally oh, no. had booked my return ticket for the Monday before. Oh, so that I had to buy a whole new return ticket, which, you know, was not fun, but has nothing to do with the state of the coronavirus. <laughs> Just a um, life update. But, also, you know, Antonio yeah. was uh, away when they first shut the border down. So really... Mm-hmm. Wow. You guys are Dirty. you guys have marked every new phase of the pandemic with a trip to Spain. Yeah, yeah. It, it, he lives there. I mean, he doesn't live there. We live in Brooklyn, but he's from there. Yeah. So that's yes. a little more background as His we His family don't just is constant, there. 
yeah, we don't constantly <laughs> just go to Spain for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, well, hopefully that pleasure. was the last trip that is noteworthy because there was a terrifying potential variant. Yes. Were people yes, like, hopefully. oh, were people starting to get like nervous? What was the vibe at the airport? You know, I think so. I think people were definitely looking at other people like harshly who were not wearing their masks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Good. Like no one... I didn't see really anyone elevate to the level of confrontation other than the Argentinian man who yelled at the French family trying to get in line together at the passport <laughs> control. Again, nothing to do with coronavirus, but just another fun <laughs> observation. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I think- Travelogs with yeah. Brian Russell Smith. <laughs> but you know, I just always want like, and I'm, I, I, I want to confront people about their masks. Also just looked out, it's snowing, another fun. Side note, but anyways, yeah, it didn't seem like, um, it didn't seem people were too, too stressed yet, but also Madrid, if, um, doesn't have, has a very high vaccination rate in low cases right now. Um, I I don't know about the outside of Spain. So I think a lot of people were, were pretty relaxed there. Yeah. How was your, so you were doing like wedding prep, right? Yes, I was. We bought wedding rings in Spain oh! from the yeah very exciting <laughs> and we did our food tasting and we wow. had the best the best it was wedding event I think that might be you know I, I I can't imagine it going more high points from there um do you know what I learned this <laughs> week I mean this is not an original thought I know this is what everybody says but I have waited almost a year and a half to start planning a wedding and everything costs money you have to pay for the tasting yeah it's but like, a lot of times they'll take if you go with them oh they'll, they'll take, take the money off yeah the, right I'm like the tasting are, is yeah. gonna be the most expensive meal I've had in years but it yeah. is a good meal let me say yeah. doing a walk we had 20 plates venue, but it's really oh 20. wow that was very okay that's a good that actually falling. sounds like a good value for like a chef's tasting menu. You just pretend you're getting married and just go to tasting. <laughs> yeah, I, I did think that. I was like, I mean, depending on how much you get, like it's actually a nice meal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so before we get into our news for today, which is not very charitable, we're going to talk about Ghislaine Maxwell and the trial against her. But today is Giving Tuesday, and Elise had the lovely idea where we could all spotlight some causes or some charities that we're thinking of today and donating what we can. What do you got? Okay, I always like to take a moment to shout out the Reproductive Health Access Project, RAP, R-H-A-P. They're a really great organization. You know, Planned Parenthood gets like so much in donations and like definitely still donate to Planned Parenthood, but there are other organizations that have like maybe more focused work or more local or have different facets. And what I really like about RAP is they don't just talk about abortion care, but they also talk about like miscarriage care and caring for mothers after they've had babies. And like, they really talk about like a lot of different aspects of like pregnancy and getting pregnant and what someone who's going through that might need. So like what pro-life is like theoretically supposed to be. Yeah, like what they actually should like kind of do. And then the the miscarriage care to me is like a really important element in my mind because it's, I, I know that a lot of people who I know who have experienced that, there's just so much like shrouded on the experience and so to have a place where people really can go and get support I think is great so I want to shout out rap yeah that's so because like talking to people more it's like you don't always necessarily want to go to your friends right away if that happens it's such a 
heavy thing that yeah. like, to have a resource and a community that maybe is not like your immediate friends or family is like huge in that moment. Yeah, because there is so much like if you're telling someone maybe like you kept the pregnancy to yourself. So like the right. people around oh, you don't yeah. even realize that you were pregnant exactly. and lost it and da da da. But this is a place where people can go and get some resources and support. So Reproductive Health Access Project, if you're looking for a uh Planned Parenthood-esque place to give your money, I would definitely suggest checking them out. Yeah, yeah. Planned Parenthood is, is great, but you're right. They have so much money. And I've been reading more that like giving money to people is kind of the most beneficial like, yeah. type of charity. I also, so we're highlighting a group called Every Mother Counts on mm-hmm. SUP today, uh, basically because they're working on maternal health and maternal mortality. I mean, the numbers are like shocking. We are twice as likely to die in childbirth as our moms were. Twice as likely. Indigenous and black women are two times as likely than white women to die during childbirth. And this is despite the fact the United States spends so much money trying to prevent this, which experts say means that like discrimination and just like there's some issues happening where people don't care. Yeah. (laughs) We're dying, especially when black women are dying and giving birth. Um, so, but they also, they handle everything. They also like ensure that like doulas can be provided for people, like culturally specific care, all of that. So, uh, centering like the full, the full reproductive experience. Yes, indeed. Brian, do you have uh, anything to add on the reproductive experience? (laughs) Or any experience. It's Giving Tuesdays to all. I thought you were going to say like, it's Giving Tuesday. (laughs) It's Giving Tuesday. (laughs) I mean, I obviously care very much about reproductive issues, but the issue that I'm will not be, I mean, I will be pushing today. You know, I, I think this, you know, the, the, the COVID pandemic, the coronavirus pandemic is, you know, for, I think for a lot of people and gay men and gay people think about the HIV epidemic because how scary is it? There's just a lot of, um, you know, juxtapositions between the two, except, you know, uh, the people primarily affected, you know, the gay community and like at people of color. Um, yeah. But you know, 1.5 million people in 2020 were all infected with HIV, and predominantly in you know lower income countries like in Africa. So I would say UN AIDS, you know, is a great place to give money to help with that. You know, it's still it's still there, but you know, it's treatable. But a lot of places. Yeah aren't you know don't have the money or the resources to make it a treatable illness you can have hiv now and live a a norm completely normal life with the right medication and so we just need to make sure everyone can get that medication yeah 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 it's important to remember that there are like multiple viruses that the u.s can have a role in stopping the spread of (laughs) absolutely 100 (laughs) percent Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of 
gifts do you have for Dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Pivoting slightly. Today we're going to talk about the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Ever so slight Ever pivot. So slight. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> friend to women, Ghislaine Maxwell. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I am really into this trial uh, because, I don't know, I just there's so many women involved, and I feel like this is kind of rare. The defendant is a woman. I don't mean in like a, a girl bossy way. Yeah. The defendant is a woman. I just fucking love seeing women held accountable for betraying womankind yeah. and for women being the ones who get to do that. Yes. The defendant is a woman. The prosecutor is a woman. The defense attorney is a woman. And the judge is a woman. So this is like, this is fun. Yeah. It's, it's devastating. In, it's in the, court of, <laughs> in the court of women. It will be adjudicated by us. I just feel like I can see the Ryan Murphy uh, adaptation. Ooh. Where do we put Sarah Paulson? I mean, I guess we have to see who the other, like, if any other stars come out of it, because otherwise she, she has to be Ghislaine, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Which I do think that Sarah would do a great Ghislaine, but... Yeah, Ghislaine has longer hair now. Yeah. Uh, we're not seeing there. No, there was, like, a, a fake news sort of claim going around yesterday. Like, how come we saw so many pictures of Kyle Rittenhouse, but we're not seeing any of Ghislaine Maxwell? I wasn't sure what the person was trying to point out there, but <laughs> in any event, you cannot have cameras in a federal court. So it's all courtroom artist stuff. While we're on this subject, I want to share one of my favorite anecdotes from this trial so far, which is that Maxwell has reportedly been fixated on the courtroom artist. There are no cameras allowed, as I said, so this is how they're capturing what's happening. This is how they're capturing what Ghislaine looks like. I don't think it would be that much of a stress, a stretch to conclude that she might be something of a vain woman, Ghislaine Maxwell. Mm -hmm. So according to a Bloomberg reporter named Patricia Hurtado, Ghislaine Maxwell keeps glaring at the courtroom artist. And then eventually she started drawing pictures of the courtroom artist <laughs> on her own notepad. This <laughs> happened. Okay, I actually think that rocks. <laughs> that really is funny. She's trying to sort of retaliate against the courtroom artist's rendering by creating her own. That really reminds me, one time when I was in high school, a friend of mine, so like 
when we were in the library, the librarian had a like screen on her computer where she could see what all of our <laughs> screens were doing to make sure that like no one was like playing video games or whatever. And one of my friends was playing video games, so he got in trouble naturally. So then he went on my high school's website and downloaded a picture of her and then made it his entire screen so that when she looked at all the little screens, one of them was just her face staring back at her. And that's what, <laughs> this is giving me that. <laughs> that's exactly, that is exactly what it is. She's, she's insane. She's losing it. It's funny. It reminds me of like when celebrities are followed by paparazzi. So they take out their cameras and photograph the paparazzi. Like it's just like, okay, yeah. what do you, what do you, what are you doing? What are you trying to do? It's like the only power they think they have in this moment but it actually looks insane. Like, you yes. look insane. Dylan Sprouse, the other Sprouse twin from Sweet Life, not the one that's in Riverdale, <laughs> he has an entire Instagram that's him taking pictures of pictures, pictures of people who are trying to get pictures of him. Well, I think if, if Ghislaine Maxwell gets off, maybe she'll have, like, a George W. Bush renaissance where <laughs> <laughs> she starts, she becomes a courtroom artist. <laughs> yeah, she just sells, like, illustrations on Etsy. Yeah. I, I was in court, and the artist was Ghislaine Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right, we needed we needed this before we get into the details. So, what has Ghislaine Maxwell been up to since July of 2020? She's been in jail. She is a she defines a flight risk. She has an estimated 20 million dollars in her bank account. She has a French passport. The country of France does not extradite, so this woman is not allowed to be out. Yeah. Uh, most of this, go- the the government says that this money has come from accounts associated with Jeffrey Epstein, who died before he was tried for his crimes. Uh, Ghislaine's lawyers say that she should have been able to wait from home, as as all defense attorneys do. But for her, it's because she's losing weight, she's losing hair, she's losing her vision, and she's just too exhausted to prepare for her trial. Why do all of these rich people go blind in prison? Like, like, are their bodies just like rather than see my crimes, I will like completely go blind? Like, she's I don't understand Harvey Weinstein syndrome, right? Because didn't Cosby and I don't know if Weinstein went blind. They just degraded, deteriorated. Yeah, yeah, why is she? I just don't understand that aspect of, like, you send a rich person to jail and they go blind immediately. Right. If they can't just see luxurious goods all around. Exactly. They're like, I'd rather not see anything. The sense just, like, completely (laughs) shuts down. And this is just always so funny funny to me because it's like, you know, Maybe prison shouldn't be like this, but this is why it is, and this is what dissuades people from committing crime. Like, what did you think was going to happen when you committed six felonies? You're supposed to be tired. Like, how many people you think go and they say, you know what, I'm a little, I'm trying to prepare for my huge defense, but I'm, I keep nodding off because I'm so tired from prison. You think the judge is going to be like, no problem. Yeah, also there are like people who have to go because they, the, who are innocent, who just because they can't pay. Khalif Browder. Yeah, exactly. Like, no one is like, I'm sorry. Actually, he's tired. So um, we're going to let him go until we figure out like the situation with his backpack. Like, no. Right. It's Uh, like, it's so sad. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And fortunately, of course, the judge in her case uh, has rejected six requests to a free Gillian Maxwell before the trial because this woman is running away instantly and France would not send her back. So yesterday is when the trial began. Previously, there was lots of like jury selection stuff about what witnesses were going to come in. So it began for, if you don't know Ghislaine Maxwell, I mean, just Google it, read the Wikipedia. She was Jeffrey Epstein's, like, girlfriend, uh, co-conspirator, formerly a British socialite. Her father was really famous, like, very, originally was just a very fancy lady. She faces six felony charges related to trafficking, and she could face up to 40 years in prison. This is unrelated to a perjury issue that she's going to face later. She has said under oath that she didn't help Epstein with any of this, but there's plenty of evidence that she did in this trial. We'll decide whether there's enough. 
The government specifically, so they're alleging that Maxwell and Epstein were partners in crime, and Maxwell sexually exploited young girls by developing their trust, helping to normalize abusive sexual conduct, and then serving them up to Mr. Epstein over a series of decades. I think that is the most triggering sentence in this outline, but if hearing about this case and grooming and stuff is really upsetting to you, um, there will be a little bit more of that in this episode. Interestingly, the defense does not want is going to call an expert who is famous for saying that grooming does not exist. Uh, Yeah, they're really taking, I mean, the Harvey Weinstein, there are lots of Harvey Weinstein energy to this trial against this 59-year-old woman. Yeah, it's so funny. I mean, the reason they want someone to say that is because this is like, like, that's Maxwell's role was textbook grooming. Like, there are some, I mean, she would like, hang around places young girls were and befriend them and be like, hey, I know of like a cool rich guy who you can work for. And most of these women, like if Jeffrey Epstein approached one of these young girls in the mall, they would probably be like, oh, weird old man. But because it's like this fancy British lady who's kind of like cool and young, like that was her integral part of the entire thing. Yeah, and she is also accused of participating in some of the abuse itself, but that is definitely the the main thing. So it makes sense why the defense is... I think they're still sorting out who they're going to let in and out, but the defense seems to really recognize that, like, that is her main crime. Yeah, I would say what she did was probably the most clear, one of the most clear definitions of grooming. So just trying to throw that whole idea of it being a thing out is probably... and you can see that a lot with a lot of like their arguments in this case is trying to be like, look over there. Don't like look at that thing doesn't exist, actually. Like it's like, oh, it's all fantastical. Like, like the you know, there's the argument that, you know, people like obviously this is a very high profile case. How can a jury n- not have seen something about it beforehand? Like there it seems like a lot of the their, you know, argument is that, you know, the things that exist don't actually exist. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. They're definitely trying to bring a lot of that in, and it will be up to the judge how much of this they're allowed to talk about. The past few weeks, as I said, they've seen jury selection with each side asking the judge what terms can be used, similar to the trial we just witnessed. Um, Maxwell would prefer that these victims are not referred to as victims. She would like them to be called accusers. Uh, They are victims. I believe they will be referred to as such. There's a ton of evidence in this case that's going to come up. There's a massage table, sex toys, several little black books with girls' actual phone numbers. But the really sick part about this is it's not their phone numbers. It's their parents' phone numbers because these girls were too young to have cell phones at that time. Like, it wasn't like kids didn't really have cell phones in the in the early 2000s or when this happened, like as young as, as they do now. The judge in this case, she is a woman named Allison Nathan. She's interesting because Chuck Schumer actually plans to recommend her for a position on the federal appeals court, the Second Circuit. But she has said, like, I'm going to stick around for this case as long as it lasts. Like, I'm not in a rush, which, I mean, weird circumstances, but like, her career is career high. She's got this huge case. She's going to be on the Second Circuit. Yeah, she's like, good for Allison. Yeah. Everything's coming up, Allison, I guess. (laughs) Get it, Judge Nathan. (laughs) I mean, it's a good, I mean, if if you've got to work Christmas, this is the time to do it. Yeah. Time to do it. Uh, The jury has finally been selected. As Brian said, it was hard to find people who hadn't heard about the case. I mean, there's been so much content made about it. And apparently Epstein, I mean, he knew so many people in the city and the tri-state area and just the New York area where this jury pool was getting pulled from uh, that they were, they did meet at least one person who knew him. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, they let him go because he admitted that, like, he'd only met him once, but because he had met him, he was more interested in the case. Mm -hmm. 
some other just like really interesting anecdotes here is that there was a six-year-old woman in Manhattan who I'm not sure if they asked her this question directly, but this is sort of maybe the stuff that came up in the jury stuff. She was she said she believed that she had been a victim of sexual harassment, quote, as we know it today, but she said she wasn't sure if it counted because at the time it wasn't. So it's just like these trials just bring up so many cultural like issues beyond did this woman groom and trap. I know. And it's like you want to take her out and be like, yeah. So Agnes, that was sexual harassment, mama. (laughs) It was then, too. I know. I know. I wonder if, like, the defense was probably, like, trying to wink at her, like, it wasn't, Agnes. It wasn't. Let's get into that. Sexual harassment isn't real, Agnes. I like that we've decided to (laughs) Definitely. And then just some, like, interesting stuff with this jury. This morning, a juror was excused because his spouse surprised him with a vacation. A Christmas vacation. The judge really was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta stay. This is serious. Uh, So she asked him to try to change it and he could not change it. But like my impression was it was like not a person who can do luxury, like can just like lose money on a big trip. So she was like, fine. (laughs) So an alternate came in and this is, this has been getting going. That's a big move from the spouse to be like, I don't want you to be on this jury. (laughs) Right. It was apparently a last minute surprise vacation. While he's like, I guess this person is like actively maybe being chosen for this jury. He was on it. He was on it. He was on it. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like this was definitely maybe not a surprise and maybe a family choice to not be on this jury anymore. Yeah, he just didn't want to be on a jury on Christmas. I mean, I wouldn't want to be on a jury I, on yeah. Christmas. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Or maybe she, you know, had planned a trip to Disney World and she's like, you'll have to tell Mickey why we won't be <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And how do you explain? Well, actually, there's this woman and what she did was... <laughs> well, Mickey, what do you know about grooming? Mickey, Mickey and Agnes have had... A real couple of days through no fault of their own. So yesterday, as I said, things got going. The prosecution called Epstein's private pilot of 30 years. I think he had a couple private pilots. I am not sure if this was the Lolita Express pilot specifically. I don't know if there were several. He described Epstein and Maxwell as a couple. The nature of their relationship has always been unclear, apparently. I don't really know how much it like mattered. Like, obviously, they were like friends, lovers, yeah. weird it's complicated. I, yeah. <laughs> if I was like Elaine Maxwell's friend, I'd be like, what are you doing with him? Like, is he your, what are yeah. you doing? You're just trafficking women for him? Yeah, exactly. Like, where's the commitment, Ghislaine? Right. <laughs> Don't traffic women for him unless he gives you a ring. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's satire, guys. It's satire. It's, uh, I, that's not how I feel. And I've never trafficked women for anyone. Have some self, this, this is a theme that comes up on our podcast a lot. Have some self-respect. Yeah. Have some self-respect. Yeah, exactly. Don't just don't just traffic for your boyfriend. Don't just make crimes for without before he puts a ring on it. Yeah. Uh, so this guy, he basically was like, Yeah, what, what you're saying happened. Um they they went all over the place all the time. They went to islands, they went to New York, they went to Paris, but he said he didn't really know uh who was on the planes at the time. So let's get to the defense, returning to some of the gnarly stuff the defense is planning. As I said, I think the judge may have already had an opportunity to reject some of this, but I had a hard time finding it this morning. But here's what they were planning to bring in. They were going to go really hard on these teenage girls' sexual history, which really is some free Me Too bullshit. Well, it's like, okay, even if so, teenage, you already, like, there. it doesn't matter what, you know, what they did at all, because they were underage. It, right. it and doesn't this is matter be, their past at all. Yeah, this is really going to be one of those times where we're getting reminded and people need to be reminded that there's no such thing as sex with underage girls. It's rape. It's always yeah. rape. That's That's how the law treats it. So they're also trying to bring in the same woman expert, these women, gender traders all over the place, 
who testified at Harvey Weinstein's trial. This woman is famous for claiming that women create false memories of abuse as a result of separate traumas. So this person has actually, like, notably never been allowed to testify in federal courts, which is probably (laughs) just characters left and right. So she's probably not going to be let in. But this is what they've always tried to do with the with the Epstein victims is paint them as like traumatized, troubled youth who can't who are mixing up all their traumas and who think that Jeffrey Epstein abused them. When really maybe it was a family member or something that they made up. They basically they basically are going to say that these women, these girls, they're women now, but made it all up. They want to ask the women about their sexual history and their substance use, again, to cast doubt on their memories. Well, and and that's like the super insidious thing about a lot of this. Oh, my God, my earring just fell out. <laughs> um, my, my earring was so outraged by what it's hearing. Um, I'll pick it up in a second. But the really, the really nefarious thing about this is like part of the recruiting is that they found a lot of girls who were troubled and had like, you know, issues at home or like weren't weren't under the supervision that they should be or just you know they they find girls who are going to maybe have these like quote unquote colored histories and then they recruit them and they traffic them and then when they go to court for trafficking them they're like this girl has a colored history yeah and it's like it's all part of how they find these women and try to like not even women these young girls who they try to like trap essentially yeah it's part of the trap yeah, they're even trying to claim that uh, Epstein had this like halo effect on young women and that because he was wealthy and because he had attachments to like philanthropy that they all that young women were like attracted to him. And Ghislaine Maxwell was part of that. She was she, she was under this halo effect to whatever extent she was involved, which homegirl is in pictures with princes. She is in pictures with Bill Clinton. This woman, I don't buy it. That she was drawn to the halo effect of Jeffrey Epstein. This woman could spend time and hobnob with whoever she wanted. Yeah, she spends time with, like, many magnitudes of Jeffrey Epstein's all the time. She hung out with Naomi Campbell. Like, I mean, if (laughs) you aren't smitten by Naomi Campbell, like, or if you are, like, how does that even compare to Epstein? Like, no. Right? Yeah, if you're not in a picture with Ghislaine Maxwell, who even are you? (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much true of celebrities before a certain era. Yeah, exactly. So some other notes from yesterday, as I said, the defense attorney is one of them is a woman named, I believe, Bobby Sternheim. She said yesterday in opening arguments that the accusers had, quote, unreliable and suspect memories that could have been, quote, corrupted over the years or, quote, contaminated by, quote, constant media reports. So just like victim blaming, gaslighting 101. Finally, looking at what the defense is strategizing here is that they want to shift all the blame to Epstein. Uh, This lawyer said yesterday, you guys are going to like this, quote, ever since Eve has been blamed for tempting Adam with an apple, women have been blamed for things that men have done. Bringing it back to Eve. (laughs) We're going all the way back to Eve. (laughs) I mean, if you, again, you know, pointing to things that don't exist, um, <laughs> to, to use that as their defense, uh, the, you know, there you go. It's just it, it's a it's it's a good metaphor for the defense, but not yeah. the one that she thinks it is. Yeah, it's really <laughs> it is sick because, like, yeah, I do think that women often get blamed in place of what like men should be blamed for. But Jeffrey Epstein isn't here. Like, yeah. we wanted to, Jeffrey Epstein to also be on trial yeah he's not available to us and that doesn't mean that 
because the man was worse that his accomplice who's a woman like that to that to hold her accountable for her crimes is yeah. sexist we'd have somehow. a lot of murderers out on the loose if that were the case yeah i mean i mean if that's how it worked that would be amazing <laughs> we could do it every if i could just commit whatever crime and be like well this man has committed a worse right. crime just like steal whatever i want <laughs> from macy's like well, yeah that would and, and just bring someone else to steal yeah bring brian <laughs> yeah. with me to steal a yeah. little more <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and then we the police try and to we split you. the money i bail out brian yeah. we split the loot right yeah. Cops stop like, we did, the like we did last store. time Ever yeah like we did like we always do yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, this brings up something sort of interesting here because if this were a different sort of case with defendants who came from marginalized backgrounds or something or the story was different i actually do see the importance of the defense saying hey just because this other person isn't here doesn't mean you can put all your anger on them but in this case, I really want them to put all their anger. Like, as a person who's not part of the justice system or the legal system, that's not my problem. I am fine with all of the latent anger going towards Ghislaine Maxwell. But it is an interesting question. Like, you can't try her for his crimes. But like you said, she's being accused of her own crimes. Yeah. She, she was going to be tried anyway. It wasn't like, oh, he died. Let's go get her. Yeah, it was like she was just part. She was also going to be <laughs> indicted whether he was, you know, with, with he was with us or no. So it's, I don't know, I feel like we see this a lot with, like, these kind of defenses and sometimes, like, stuff on the right where it's, like, they take the language of feminism and, like, flip it around and mess with it a little bit to be, like, see, you're not a real feminist because you think Ghislaine Maxwell should go to jail. And I'm, like, well, I also definitely would have loved to see Jeffrey Epstein go on trial. Um, yeah. And we're not, frankly, have still have a, qu a couple questions about that <laughs> situation in general. But <laughs> for right now, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be uh, pro Ghislaine facing consequences for sure. Yeah, exactly. Same. I think it'll be a, she just, she definitely sounds like someone who never, it's just so, so funny to me that she is so shocked to have found herself in this position despite committing all of these heinous crimes. Yeah. Like I know yeah. you don't understand. I don't belong in prison. Like you did people that commit crimes belong in prison. That's the, that's what we've set up. I just don't understand. Like, okay, not to like, I, I don't know. This is probably an unimportant point. But if she was so, like, I, if she clearly was didn't think she would face any consequences because why wouldn't she have been in France four years ago, you know? Yes. <laughs> like, why, yes. She decided, like, you know, she decided to hang out in New Hampshire, like, and think that was a safe option. It's like, no, that's, like, uh, you know, like, no, girl, you're, you committed some, like, really bad crimes. Jeffrey Epstein was arrested, like... What were you yeah. waiting for? <laughs> What's so strange here is like, and I maybe this maybe the defense could actually use this is is to cast out is to ask like the question I'm asking, which was like, why? Why would she do this? Why would she do this? I believe that she did. There's evidence that she did. I don't understand why, other than she was just evil and like one of those women that just like is the closer the, their complicity in the patriarchy and their like their like proximity to powerful men. Is, yeah what they want and what keeps them Money going, what makes power. them feel powerful. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff. Like, her dad was, like, right. a publishing magnet yeah. who was sort of, like, infamous. And I think after he died, they, like, found out that he had been stealing from his company's pension funds right. for, like, years and stuff. So... Maybe there is something to the Epstein halo in that she's like, she wasn't my, my daddy was a bad man and I want a bad man for me now too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least he'll always have money. I, 
I was thinking, you know, I, I, like, do you think if Donald Trump was in office, he would be being tied to this at all? And I was also wondering, like, how this would have affected Hillary Clinton's presidency with her proximity to Bill Clinton. It's just like, there's so yeah. many, uh, like, like, and th- thankfully, we don't have any pictures of Biden with Ghislaine that I know of. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah. The, one, like, the so, only person. Yeah. Enough. The old, it's him taking that train home to Delaware really saved him. He's not yeah. flying around with sex offenders. He's on the Amtrak That's going true. home to Jeff, jail. Mm-hmm. Jeff, Jeff Epstein's ever like Senator Biden? You need a you need a you need a flight. No, ride. he's like, oh, no, I'm on the Amtrak, baby, with the working band. <laughs> that's high. That's because he has high self-esteem. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be watching this, and we're probably going to cover with our friends on a, another true crime podcast, too, because there's just, like I said, there's so much going on here. I mean, not to, like, be dismissive or, or get any, like, joy from the pain that these women had, but I just am very gratified seeing this woman get pushed around, finally. Yeah, the only joy I get from it is, like, her downfall. Right. I'm very... I, I am and re- will remain very, like, horrified I, by what actually occurred mm-hmm. to create these, like, this trial yeah. in the first place. Like, I wish there was no trial because I wish this had never happened. But now that it is happening, I'm glad to see her yeah. go down. I would just, like, love to be a fly on the wall. And, like, I, you know, I'm not a, I don't know how this is, how it really works. But in the shows, like, on The Good Fight, when, like, you go, it's, like, in my quarters. And it's, like, two women attorneys. And one of them is saying, I would like to bring in these girls' sexual history in their teens. And these other two are like, no, bitch, you can't. What yeah. are you doing? I wonder if you can be like, ladies, time out. <laughs> I don't think. Karen, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know this isn't true. <laughs> oh, that would be beautiful. Just a separate justice system yeah. for like... Okay, ladies court. Yeah. <laughs> is that the title of the episode? Yeah, ladies court. Well, that is perfect pivot because really quickly at the end, we also wanted to know another important woman on trial. She's not important. The trial is important. Um, the jury section also began today in the trial of former Brooklyn Center, Minnesota police officer Kim Potter. She is charged with the shooting of 20-year-old Dante Wright at a traffic stop in April. This shooting took place just 10 minutes from where Derek Chauvin was on trial for the murder of George Floyd. Uh, You'll remember Potter and her team have since called the shooting an accident, saying that the 26-year veteran officer mistook a gun for a taser when she shot and killed Wright, uh, leaving his two-year-old son fatherless. And this is just one of those all-around devastating cases where he was scared to stop before he stopped, he was scared that would be the end of his life. Um, I think he was pulled over for something extremely minor, like a hanging air. It was an air freshener, I believe. So I think we're probably we're going to be watching these both closely. It's we've had a lot of high high profile trials, and we will we'll keep you posted on that. But I'm a little nervous about that one. Yeah, I. I mean, just based on like the previous trials that we've watched, it's like I feel like I'm just going to be sitting back and seeing how. The people are behaving. Right. <laughs> if the judge starts acting completely insane, like in the Rittenhouse trial, I'm right. gonna be like, "Well, this isn't great." That's true. That's true. And I believe that's how the that's definitely how they envisioned it, right? That you should be able to measure judges' behavior. No, I feel like it was the absolute. Yeah, opposite. that's like not how it should work at all. But uh, sometimes I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that is our show. We will be back with you tomorrow. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.